It's Monday, November 12th. Welcome to the NBA Podcast with Corey Craig. I'm your host, Corey Craig. we got a lot of fun things to talk about on today's show. Let's talk some hoops. Well, it finally happened. Jimmy Butler is gone from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Minnesota trade Jimmy Butler drama is finally over. Um, it's been a long time coming. Jimmy Butler's been wanting out of Minnesota for quite some time. Minnesota's been either struggling to trade him or not wanting to trade him, but they finally got a done deal with Philadelphia. And now the question is, is the process finally complete? Does adding Jimmy Butler to the mix finally mean success for the 76ers? 76ers was a playoff team last year. Uh, again, a successful team this year. They have been struggling on some back-to-backs. And they're definitely struggling in the shooting area. Does adding Jimmy Butler suddenly help out the team? Right now, they are third in the Eastern Conference with an eight and six record. Jimmy Butler averaging 21.3 points a game. Um, he does bring some shooting ability to the 76ers. Now, the 76ers did have to give up some talent to get him. They gave up uh, Dario Sarch and uh, Robert Covington, both good floor spacing players who are both able to shoot the ball. Um, both of these players make up for 43% of Simmons' assists, showing they are favorite targets of his, showing that they do get the team a lot of buckets. But, I mean, stats aren't always telling. I mean, Simmons has shared the floor with these two players, so this would be normal. But it's still an interesting thing to consider and look at. Uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic now in Philadelphia with Jimmy Butler in the mix, uh, you know, how he's going to transition over. He's an older vet, um, obviously loves having the ball, loves having the ball in his hands in the late moments of a game. Um, does he take some of that pressure off uh, Markel Foltz and Ben Simmons? Now they don't have to shoot as much. Uh, Foltz can mainly focus on mid-range jumpers. Jimmy Butler can knock down some threes. Simmons is just going to share the ball and get to the rim as he does, and then Joel Embiid's just going to you know, dunk on everybody. Uh, and does Minnesota now become a playoff team? They're adding two strong players to the roster. Uh, and they're getting rid of a player who was tearing apart the locker room. Carl Anthony Towns won a Butler gone before the season even, before it even began. Uh, and he was told that he would be. Uh, and it's finally happening uh, for Minnesota. And it's really interesting because we know that Carl Anthony Towns wanted Jimmy Butler gone. Um, he signed an extension with the Wolves predicated on the fact that Butler would be gone from the team. Um, there's been lots of drama in Minnesota this year. But now that he's leaving, we're seeing Carl Anthony Towns and we're seeing Andrew Wiggins say positive things about Jimmy Butler. And it's like, didn't you want this guy gone? Um, didn't you not want to play with him anymore? You know, Jimmy Butler's the guy who comes into the gym, takes the third stringers, beats the first stringers, and he's rubbing it in everyone's face. And, you know, the young guys of the Wolves wanted him gone, but now they're like, oh, Jimmy Butler was great. You know, he's going to be successful with Philadelphia. And Minnesota did exactly what we expected them to and not trading Jimmy Butler to a Western Conference team because they don't want to compete against him. 
They're trading them off for the Eastern Conference. And now Philadelphia, they become, you know, a strong team. Uh, they're already strong, but they become even stronger adding him to the roster. He's a good shooter. You now have J.J. Redick, who's either going to start or come off the bench. Um, does Jimmy Butler come off the bench? Does Jimmy Butler start? What are they going to do with him? Um, I see them starting him, but I also see him becoming a strong asset off the bench. Who knows what Philadelphia will do with him? We're going to have to wait not too long to find out. Uh, they're playing in Miami um, tonight. Whether Jimmy Butler plays in that game, I have to find out. I don't even know if he's with the team yet. I imagine he is, um, and I imagine he will be playing. Um, not to wait and see. Um, first game for Philadelphia, potentially, uh, having Jimmy Butler tonight against Miami. Um but I mean, now that Jimmy Butler's gone from the Wolves, is it like a weight has been lifted? Uh, you know, are Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins just super happy now? Is the stress gone? I see Minnesota becoming stronger. They're able to focus more on basketball and less on all this drama around the team. They've struggled with Butler on the bench. Um, but I mean, he was still on the team. Yes, he wasn't playing, but they still knew he was there. And that could have been some of the struggles, just they weren't able to focus as much on basketball as they wanted to because there was so much going on in the locker room and on, you know, the outside. Um, I see Minnesota doing well with Jimmy Butler gone with their new assets. I see them doing well. Um, right now they're right at the bottom of the West, right above Phoenix. Uh, they're four and nine right now. They're adding two good shooters to their squad. They have Brooklyn, New Orleans, and Portland coming up in recent games. So a few tough games. It's going to be interesting if we see Carl Anthony Towns kind of start to take over. Uh, it's going to be interesting if we start to see Andrew Wiggins start performing. I just think that we're going to have a much more fluid offense with Minnesota. I think having Jimmy Butler gone from the locker room is going to relieve a lot of stress. And I think that we're going to see a much better Wolves team. Uh, they did struggle last year without him, and he really was what got them to the playoffs. But who knows how it'll be this year. And, I mean, how does Jimmy Butler impact the 76ers locker room? Jimmy Butler is kind of that troll-type player, and he's coming to the locker room. You know, He's going to be talking a lot. He's one of the older players on the squad. Will there be drawn between him and Embiid? Um, what happens there? Or is Jimmy Butler suddenly going to just change? Is he going to be happy that, you know, the trade has been accepted. He's gone from Minnesota. He's getting what he wants. But is he getting what he wants? I mean, he's going to Philadelphia, a very young team, a team that's Joel Embiid's and Ben Simmons. Yes, he's a good name and he's an all-star level player. Um, but is he going to be their main guy? Because I feel like that's what Jimmy Butler wants. He wants to go out and lead teams and he wants to be the top guy on the squad. And he's not getting that in Philadelphia and he didn't get that in Minnesota. He's kind of going to a similar atmosphere where there's two young dominant players um, who the franchise is building their future around in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and even Mark Fultz. And Jimmy, you know, is he going to be there next year? Philadelphia does have the money and the space to sign him next year. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen? That's a little too far down the road. At first, you know, we just need to see how these guys gel. And I think that, you know, Jimmy Butler is going to have a first few solid games. You know, he's going to be the new guy on the squad. But 
if they even start losing, does he go into, you know, Joel Embiid's not trying, Ben Simmons, you know, can't hit a shot. If this team loses five in a row, is Jimmy Butler suddenly being like, you know, it's everyone else's fault but me? Um, and what does Philadelphia do if Jimmy Butler just becomes a terror in the locker room? You just signed the guy, so you have to wait a while before you trade him again. Um, I don't see them trading again. So does Jimmy Butler just sit on the bench a lot? Who knows what's going to go on? Um, but a huge, a huge shift on the NBA. And it's always interesting when these big trades go down because now everything is totally different, uh, especially in the East. In the West, not really changing that much. Minnesota's been struggling this year. They're going to continue to struggle. But now Philadelphia just gained a huge asset. Do they have what it takes to maybe take the second or even first seed in the Eastern Conference? Um, let's hold off on that. Let's wait until Jimmy Butler actually plays a game with Philadelphia. Let's wait until they actually play you know, an above 500 team to see what happens there. Let's talk about a team that's under 500. Houston Rockets. A lot of drama going on in Houston. Right now, the team is 5-7. and seven, And Melo's getting all the blame. And for me, I'm not a huge Melo fan. I've never been much on Melo hype. I've always thought that he's a bit overrated. You know, when he was younger, he was a great scorer. Um, but Melo is the Houston scapegoat right now. And I think it's just because, you know, it could be his last season in the NBA, and I think it will be his last season in the NBA. Um, or maybe rather it should be his last season, but you know, he's still going to try and find a ring. And I think that's just what Melo's doing. I think that's why he signed with OKC because he's like, oh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, these guys have a shot at the finals. No, okay, well, Houston got close. Let me get on them. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in that as an older player. I think if you're a guy who's been in the league for a long time, you know, at a time you were considered one of the best players in the NBA, one of the best scorers. Obviously, it's been a f few seasons since uh, we've seen that mellow. But, you know, the guy's just trying to get a ring. Um, but the Rockets are having trouble scoring the ball, and that's not just on mellow. James Harden shooting 36% from the three, and he's attempting 8.4 a game. Um, and now there's kind of rumors that Mello's played his last game for Houston. Houston's going to let him go. Um, and do they just release him or do they try and trade him? Is anyone willing to take Melo on? Uh, I think if you're Houston, you need someone who's going to score with some consistency. You need some bench players who are going to come with some consistency. So I think you need, you know, at least two guys. And I just don't think Melo has the value that, you know, a young Melo once had. He's He's struggling right now. And I just don't see... Houston getting much for him. So I don't think they're going to be able to make a trade. I think they're just going to have to let him go. Now that right now he's averaging 13 points a game. He's playing 29 minutes per game. I mean, could a struggling team try and trade for him? I mean, is anyone dumb enough to trade for him? Really? That's the question that we're asking. Is anyone foolish enough to trade mellow, uh, trade for mellow, you know, the Phoenix suns, does Minnesota make a play Dallas? I mean, did they try and go for them? Does Cleveland try and get them? Because, you know, they're tanking. Does Atlanta go after them? And they just have the old guy lineup now with Vince Carter and Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. Does Washington make a move for them? Does New York try and get them back? I mean, all these teams, none of these teams have won more than five games. And it's it's getting into 
some of the season here. Like we're seeing a lot of rough teams. I mean, especially, you know, Atlanta, Cleveland, Phoenix, even Minnesota. These are teams that are struggling. Do they try and make a play for Melo? I don't think anyone's going to trade for him. I don't think Houston has anyone who's chomping at the bit for Melo. But if they release him and, you know, he's now available to be picked up on waivers, does anyone make the move for Carmelo Anthony? Uh, does anyone try and sign him? There's, you know, there's some rumors, there's some rumblings out there that, you know, he might go to the 76ers, that they might make a play for him. I I think that's far-fetched. I think they just got Jimmy Butler. Why, why do you want Carmelo Anthony? I mean, maybe a guy to come off late in games to maybe throw down some threes. But, I mean, he's been struggling uh, this season shooting the ball. I don't know that you can depend on him. Um, I mean, Philadelphia definitely just made a huge move in picking up Jimmy Butler. There's also some rumors that they're trying to get Kyle Korver, which, again, would be huge for Philadelphia. If they get Kyle Korver, he's a consistent three-point shooter. Yes, he's a little bit older, but you're just trying to get someone this season to make a playoff run, to make a good playoff run. They see Milwaukee. They see Toronto. Toronto, great three-point shooting team. Milwaukee, they're shooting well as well. Um, Philadelphia knows that they need shooters if they're going to get deep in the playoffs, especially if they're going to go up against a Western Conference team who everyone is suspecting. You know, Golden State Warriors are going to be in the finals. I think 76ers are just trying to get shooters right now, but I don't think Melo is one of those shooters that they want. And I just don't see Melo being the reason for Houston's struggles. The guy, I mean, he's playing 29 minutes a game. He is taking some shots, definitely. Um, but the whole team is just a mess. There's no there's no depth there. Uh, the entire team struggling. I mean, he's now being listed as illness. Um, Carmelo Anthony is, so we're not going to see him play anytime soon. Could he have played his last game in a Rockets uniform? Potentially. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Carmelo Anthony um, could be his last year in the NBA maybe no one picks him up maybe tries and gets on a team last year I mean for me I, I think Melo's done but I mean and on the other hand keep, teams keep taking Vince Carter a guy who's averaging 7 points a game so who knows the fate of Carmelo Anthony um, but I see Houston dumping him and you know, maybe, maybe a really desperate Phoenix or a really desperate Atlanta picks him up or a really desperate Cleveland, especially if they get rid of Kyle Korver. But, you know, basically getting a guy that's going to help you sell some tickets is all you're getting with that. Got a good little discussion coming up after this. Take a quick little break. Get right back at it. a little discussion uh, today around a shift in the NBA. Are big men on the way back or still on their way out? I saw this discussion posted on Twitter Twitter um, by user at Zen underscore Ellison about just kind of shifts in the NBA um, in regards to playing style and, you know, roster composition. Term I hear, um, you know, just about different 
basketball team types. Um, first, you know, you hear a lot about positionless basketball. The concept is that positions don't matter, uh, switching so often that everyone needs to be able to guard everyone. But in a strange way, this makes them more position specific. That is, there's a huge need for wing players, unless you're a phenomenal outlier at center like a Joel Embiid. It's hard to play a seven-footer because they usually struggle to switch out on the perimeter. Um, It's hard to hang as a small guard unless you're an excellent shooter or scorer like a prime Isaiah Thomas, if you will. So it's hard for their, you know, to think about their actually being positionless basketball because it implies that a position doesn't matter and it actually matters quite a deal in a recent NBA. It implies a preference for wings. Um, and then, you know, you hear a lot about small ball. There are limits to small ball. Um, when you, you hear people talk about small ball, there's usually an emphasis on three-point shooting. Uh, teams that want players who can shoot threes, you know, preferably from the one to the five spot. But again, um, small ball, is that really the right term? for an ideal team because it implies that height doesn't matter, but height still does matter in today's NBA. It just matters in a different way. Uh, Teams want wing players and they want tall wing players. If you can have, you know, two prominent wing players out prowling on the perimeter, you know, someone like Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen in the eighties and nineties, then that helps out your defense quite a bit. Length helps on defense and also on the glass, you know, a six, eight wing is much more effective than that. 6'5 wing. There's plenty of modern wings who fit this mold. You have LeBron James, you have Paul George, you have Kevin Durant. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of really talented wing players in today's NBA. And if those guys all play together, the two, three, and four, no one would really call that team small. Um, so this new term being kind of uh, propositioned or coined is uh, a hot wing. So, I mean, we've established that small ball isn't exactly small and positionless basketball isn't exactly positionless. Instead, it's a need for tall wings, all wings, wing ball. But the reason the hot wing term is because it kind of takes a modern basketball, it takes modern basketball uh, one step further. You know, in the NFL, there's the hot read um, and the hot read is the QB's first option and a quick hitter on the snap, depending on the defense. Uh, And depending on the defense, the QB QB may immediately hit the hot read without going through his progressions. Um, smart and, you know, heavy talented teams are utilizing this in basketball in a different way. Uh, if you have a playmaking wing or forward, he can grab a defensive rebound and just go flat out. Forget the point guard, forget setting up an offense in half court. Whoever grabs the board needs to go, go, go. He is the hot receiver, if you will. Uh, and we're also seeing this in the in the college game. Um, you know, let's take a look at Duke. They have RJ Barrett, who's at six, seven, Zion Williamson is at six, eight and Cam Reddish is at, um, sorry, Zion Williamson at six, six and Cam Reddish is six, eight. They all run and they all play make whoever gets the rebound, runs the floor and makes the play. Uh, they do have, you know, a traditional point guard in Trey Jones, uh, who can help reset the half court, but that isn't their preference. They're not trying to play half court. The preference is the hot wing basketball as NBA teams acquire, much um, acquire more and more tall wings or forwards who can run the break. I think we'll see more and more hot wing basketball. Um, this is a good kind of discussion to think about because wings are definitely becoming more prominent in the NBA. Um, and, you know, as Zan said, 
Uh, we are seeing a lot of it in the college game right now, especially with Duke. And even in young teams, you see this a lot. Let's take the Sacramento Kings, for example. Uh, they're a young team. They don't really have a traditional point guard. I mean, someone is obviously playing point. But this is a team that runs up and down the floor. Uh, they're getting out there. You know, whoever grabs the board is just running with it. Marvin Bagley, uh, the third, you know, a center player, a power forward, um, a big guy. He's grabbing rebounds and just running coast to coast. Uh, and you're seeing it more and more in today's NBA that wing players are just grabbing boards and, and running. And that's how offenses are being run. We're seeing a lot more coast to coast. We're not seeing much half court offense anymore. You see it in LA style of play. Um, you know, LeBron James will grab a rebound and head on down. Kyle Kuz will grab a Kuzma will grab a rebound and head on down the court. So our big men still as prominent as they were, um, definitely not. Um, and are, you know, they kind of moving, are they making a comeback? Because we've talked before in the NBA podcast about how big men are kind of having a resurgence over the past couple of seasons, you know, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, uh, even an Andre Drummond, you know, is a rebounding machine. Are these guys kind of coming back or is the league still moving away from that? And I say yes. I say that big men, while there are a few dominant big men in the NBA right now, I think basketball as a whole is still moving away from kind of that center position. And it could just be that everyone wants to play point guard right now. So that's how everyone's kind of learning and thinking about the game and teams are becoming, you know, people are wanting to shoot threes more and the game's just becoming quicker. It's becoming a much higher scoring game. We're seeing some extraordinarily high uh, games this season. Um, you know, I can't remember last season being even close to this in terms of points being scored. We're, we're seeing, you know, 130, 140, uh, on the regular and you know this is kind of something new for the nba um we've definitely seen high scoring games before but nothing at this regularity and i think this just comes with teams shooting more threes and teams moving up and down the court a lot faster and with those big guys uh you know those seven footers they just can't move as quick as those other guys and i think that's why we're seeing a lot more wing players uh you know this hot wing type uh of basketball being played. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA moves forward. Um, you know, when was the last time a, a team that won the you know finals had a, a dominant post player, like someone who just tore up the post? Um, it's... It's hard to remember last time. I mean, obviously you have Jack in the early 2000s. Um, you have Tim Duncan um, with the San Antonio Spurs. But, I mean, think about Golden State's team last year. I mean, JaVale McGee, is he dominant? Or the year before when Golden State won? Or the Cleveland Cavaliers team in 2016? I mean, Tristan Thompson? I don't know if I'd call him dominant. Um I think maybe 2014 when Tim Duncan was there, uh, you could call him dominant. Um, even Miami Heat's Chris Bosh in 2013 and 2012. I don't know that I would say, you know, dominant big man. I mean, Chris Bosh definitely talented. Um, 
know, one of the big three that was in Miami, but, you know, maybe even look to 2010, 2011 Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they did have Dirk Nowitzki, definitely dominant uh, in history, but he's not even a guy who normally plays in the post. He's kind of that stretch four uh, guy. So it's been a while since we've seen a team um, that's really had a, a dominant center player who really played the center position, not the stretch four, the stretch five, but a guy who just ate up in the post. Maybe, you know, Pau Gasol for the Lakers, and that's, you know, reaching all the way back to 2010. So definitely the league has changed uh, in the past, you know, 10, eight years where we're not seeing dominant centers anymore. We're seeing a lot more wing-dominated teams. I mean, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, these are the guys who are the best in the league right now. So I say hot wing basketball is on the rise. Um, one little fun stat um, that I read earlier in the weekend, uh, Clay Thompson has more rebounds than Brooke Lopez, and Brooke Lopez has more threes than Clay Thompson. I think that is just fun and hilarious, and Brooke Lopez also hit a huge three. Uh, I believe it was last night uh, against the Clippers. Um, so Brooke Lopez just hitting threes uh, more than Clay Thompson, who, I mean, had a record for threes in a game this season. Uh, stats are fun. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting night in the NBA tonight. You know, you got Toronto and uh, Troy playing. Uh, you have potentially. Um, oh, sorry, that's not tonight. Toronto's playing New Orleans tonight. Uh, we're potentially going to see Jimmy Butler on Philadelphia for the first time tonight. That'll be exciting. We're also going to see Minnesota play Brooklyn without. Jimmy Butler, um, and Brooklyn's been a team that's been on fire. Uh, and then we got San Antonio and Sacramento playing, which is also another exciting game. Lots of fun things happening in the NBA tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the NBA podcast. My name is Corey Craig. It's been great talking to you guys. If you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at the NBA podcast one. If you're on Spotify, click that follow button. Enjoy the NBA, folks.